0: It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the show, everyone. Time for the game preview. 49ers versus Los Angeles Rams. And this is going to be a great matchup. I can't wait to see what happens between these two teams. Because every time they play, there's a lot of energy. uh, There's a lot of focus on the coaches. But then it just gets down and dirty. And these guys have great games. We've seen tight games, we've seen blowouts, uh, we've seen critical games in the playoffs. It's just been a lot of fun over recent years. This Shanahan versus McVay matchup has been just a lot of fun to watch and a lot of really good football, uh, football players playing really good football. And that's what I'm excited to talk about in this one. We're going to be going through uh, key matchups on offense and defense, getting into some bold predictions, game prediction as well. Uh, Like and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. If you're listening on an audio platform, 49ers Cutback on Believe, give it a five-star rating. I really appreciate all that. And while you're at it, head on over uh, to your area where you get apps and download the PSF app and join me and Mark Adams from 49ers Camelot over there for uh, the game. And we're going to be giving live analysis, uh, talking it through have a lot of fun there's a sports ticker you can follow along with the game along the way but you can just chat with a lot of cool people so let's get into this game because it's an interesting matchup this is actually the first time that Brock Purdy is going to face the Los Angeles Rams yeah when he took over last year both Rams games it was already in the book so that's new uh, Christian McCaffrey did have an impact last year when the 49ers played the Rams uh, but this is going to be a little bit of a different Rams team no Cooper Cup Lots of changes on defense, whether that means edge rushers going away, Bobby Wagner uh, being gone, no lockdown corner, and Jalen Ramsey. So there's different names. Some of them familiar, some of them not. Then for the 49ers offense, it is business as usual. With Brock Purdy at the helm and Christian McCaffrey on the team, the 49ers averaged 14 more points per game with those two compared to when it was Jimmy Garoppolo and no Christian McCaffrey. So it's more explosive and any time that you're bringing a receiver that's coming on like Brandon Ayuk, but also the Ram killer Debo Samuel, it, it means you've got some things going and we can't discount George Kittle. He's had a lot of success against the Rams as well. So the Rams are going to bring a lot of talent on offense and defense, and they have a two headed running attack. Now, ham Akers and Kyron Williams are the the two running backs that were getting it done. A lot of red zone plays from them, three touchdowns in the red zone. For the Rams running game, that's really impressive. And then two young receivers making a lot of plays. Puka Nakua, uh, the young rookie player, making a lot of really big plays. 119 yards catching the football. Tutu Atwell, 119 yards catching the football, including a big, deep 44-yard bomb from Matthew Stafford last week against the Seattle Seahawks. So You see the explosive talent on offense. Tyler Higbee will do the things that he does at the tight end position very good. And then when you're talking about their defense, it starts with Aaron Donald, one of the greatest defensive tackles in the history of the NFL. Great pass rusher, overall force, uh, and a, a big name and a big face in this rivalry over the last several years. So we know he's going to set the tone there with the adjustments. Uh, there's been some new linebackers, so we're going to see and talk about you know those guys there, Roseboom. Uh, is is a guy that I'm going to talk about a little bit in this game. And then the safeties as well. But we have a familiar face out of corner, Akilo Witherspoon. Going to be wearing number 44. Interesting number choice for a defensive back at the cornerback position. And, uh, you know, it was a mixed bag for Spoon in week one against Seattle. I thought there were some good plays. I thought there were some bad plays. And there was some, uh uh-oh, Spoon. You could have gotten absolutely smoked on that play. Uh, But I'm a fan of Spoon. I want to see how he matches up against Brandon Ayuk. Uh, If you go back and you watch my uh, Offensive Matchups the 49ers Could Exploit video, I talk extensively about Ayuk versus Akilah Witherspoon. I think that's advantage 49ers in that one. So let's get into this game preview. And I've talked about matchups the 49ers can exploit on offense. I've talked about matchups the 49ers must win on defense. Those are winnable, look like they're in your favor matchups. Now I'm going to get into some key matchups that the 49ers have to hold up in. These aren't ones you can exploit. These ones aren't you can take advantage of. These are ones you're probably man. You're going to have to hold on to yourself on this one. You're just going to have to make sure you hold water and get it done. And the first thing, we talked about Aaron Donald. You've got to be able to stop Aaron Donald. And you can't really stop him. You could probably slow him. And who's going to be tasked with that? Well, mainly, primarily Spencer Burford and Colton McKivitts. And that right side of the line was tested the most against TJ Watt. And they were tested a lot by the interior uh, pass rush of Larry Ogunjobi. They did a really good job. And now they're going to see a very similar style pass rush, a 3-4 defense. You're going to get similar alignments from Aaron Donald and whoever's playing outside of him. Is it going to be Byron Young? Is it going to be Michael Hoyt? One uh, of those two guys will be outside. Most of the time when I watched, I saw Byron Young on that side. So that'll be interesting, a speed element to go against Colton McKivitz. But the 49ers are going to have to give help because Daniel Brunskill's not here anymore. For whatever reason, Daniel Brunskill just matched up so well with Aaron Donald. So Spencer Burford got to see Donald a little bit last year. But this is all pro Aaron Donald back in full form, and he looked great against Seattle. He was getting upfield, penetrating, making plays in the backfield. So well, this is going to be a tough one for Burford. How do the 49ers go about limiting him? I don't think it's as simple as saying, hey, Spencer Burford, handle Aaron Donald. You're going to have to have help from Jake Brendel sometimes. You're going to have to have help from Colton McKibbett sometimes. You're going to have to have help from George Kittle, whether that they're letting Donald come, uh, Aaron Donald come upfield and getting in with George Kittle, a little bit of a wham block coming back against the grain. You're going to have to pull Aaron Banks sometimes and try to trap Aaron Donald. They're going to have to send Kyle Juszczyk as help. There's going to have to be a variety of different ways to go about handling Aaron Donald. Because one of the best things you can do is keep him guessing. If you can keep him guessing on who is coming at him and how they were coming at him, maybe you can cause him to hesitate just for a second. And that's the key of getting off your play. One of the other things you can do is establish a run game early. Running away from Aaron Donald's always a good method, but sometimes running at him can be good too. That's when you can double team him and try to get a push. And if you can get a little bit of movement on Donald, who's not the biggest defensive tackle, then you've got an opportunity for plays because when I've watched their linebackers, I've seen a talented linebacker group guys who are fast guys who can move well uh, that, you know, are pretty exciting to watch Uh, But what you don't see is the pulling of the trigger, getting downhill, flying up, and stopping the run game. And that's what I'm concerned about for Christian Roseboom and Ernest Jones. Can they get downhill consistently and make those tackles? If the 49ers have to, how how many bodies can they account for Aaron Donald? That's what's going to be interesting. Because Aaron Donald can absolutely wreck this game for the 49ers. He has that potential. But the 49ers also have played against Aaron Donald in a lot of different occasions. They know how good he is. They know what his strengths and weaknesses are. And they also know that being able to use other players to kind of spread things out, get the ball out quickly, could be exactly what the doctor ordered. So what is the clear answer on 49ers' key matchup versus Aaron Donald? Keep him guessing, blocking, and get the ball out quickly whenever possible. I think that's always a good thing for the 49ers, right? Get the ball out into your playmaker's hands. Turn Aaron Donald into a chaser. Make him run down the line of scrimmage towards running backs. Come back at him with blockers. Uh, wham block him. and Wham blocking is when you are blocking an interior defensive lineman with a trap action. Usually from a fullback, I like to use the same thing from a tight end. And you kick that guy. And those create lanes. The 49ers do that a lot out of their pistol set. So those are ways you can go about uh, trying to redirect Aaron Donald. Because let's be honest, you ain't stopping him. You're only hoping to contain him for a while. And as long as you can do that, you could slow him up. You have an opportunity to win. Because around him, the talent is definitely changed. I like Byron Young. I think he's a nice speed rush guy off the edge. But I talked about matchups you can exploit, kicking him out and being able to run underneath. I think that that's something the 49ers can employ. And I think the same thing can be said for the other side. Uh, that's one thing you can do against this team is you can take advantage of those guys on the outside. Michael Hoyt is a little bit better against the run. He also had a half sack in the game. So there are those things to like you know, about him, but the 49ers just got tested at a high level on the outside. They got tested by two very good edge rushers in TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith. Uh, so I think the 49ers know that there's some work that they need to do. Uh, but they can definitely get it done. This is a f- more favorable matchup than what they saw in week one. So offensive key matchup, right side of the line versus Aaron Donald with a low-key thought of Byron Young and Michael Hoyt as well. But I think it's mainly focused on Donald. I think if the 49ers can win against Aaron Donald, slow him up. And remember, a win doesn't mean an actual domination. Just slowing him up. Uh, then you feel like you can get your offense going. And I think the 49ers feel uh, they can in this football game. Uh, one thing to remember is last week, the 49ers allowed three sacks, all of them by Colton McKibbitt against TJ Watt. Uh, and then the Rams got two sacks last week. So Rams definitely can put pressure. The one thing that was unique about the Rams pressure was it came from a bunch of different guys. Four guys shared half sacks and some of them were guys coming off the edge in blitz or responding to movement from Geno Smith and getting after him on the outside. So those are going to be some interesting things uh, for the 49ers is how they handle the pass rush, but I think they'll be a little bit better this year or this week. I think having a premier pass rusher on the outside, a little bit more difficult for Colton McKivitz than Aaron Donald on the inside. I think the 49ers will try to game plan for that. So on the defensive side of the ball, There are things that I always talk about, and one of those is third-down conversions. Third-down conversion rate is so important in the NFL. Not turning over the football and having a turnover differential in a plus category is one of the top as well, but third-down efficiency and being able to convert on third-down and keep drives going is what makes you a really good football team in the NFL. So the offenses that do it at a high, high level are the best offenses in the league. The ones that don't, they lose a lot of football games. And the Rams uh, in week one were spectacular on third down. 64.7% conversion rate on third down. Uh, that That is almost impossible to beat. You have to play at a crazy level to be able to overtake somebody that's getting third down conversions at that rate. The Seattle Seahawks weren't able to get the Rams off the field. And the Rams, that's why, because they weren't able to get them off the field kept running the football, you know, 40 carries on the ground that only resulted in 92 yards. But that control of the offense, control of the clock, control of the rhythm of the game was definitely in the Rams favor. So what the 49ers have to do is they have to get the Rams off the field. The Ram, the 49ers defense held the Steelers to a 33.3 conversion rate. That's more like what you want to do. If you want to play winning football, in the NFL. So, this is one of those things the 49ers have to get the Rams off the field on third down. If Matthew Stafford, this run game, is able to convert on third down and extend drives, you're going to start to see a wearing down of that 49ers defense, which means the pass rush won't be as dynamic. They won't be able to hold up as good against the run. And then you can kind of start seeing the Rams making some plays there. They wore Seattle down. And then and when it got to the second half, and primarily when it got to the fourth quarter, they started making plays on offense. So the 49ers get off the field and make it so you are the one that controls the ball. Because on the other side, the 49ers offense was 46.2% conversion rate. Really good. Higher than their last year mark. So they're already playing at a good level on third down. But the Rams defense held uh, the Seattle Seahawks at 22.2%. Uh, on third down conversion. So you can see it's a strength-on-strength strength type matchup for third down conversion rate. But this is a key for the 49ers to win this game. You have to make sure that you get Matthew Stafford off the field on third down. Stop giving him opportunities. If Stafford has more than a couple of opportunities on to convert, he's going to do it. And that's the thing, you give up a first down on third, then you give up another first down on third, pretty soon he's got a whole shot play to the end zone and you're looking up, and they've got seven points. Uh, so don't let him get into rhythm. The same way you didn't let Kenny Pickett get into rhythm, you can't let Stafford, because Stafford is a very talented quarterback. He makes tight window throws, he can make every single throw on the field, and he can throw on the run. He's a very dynamic player. So the four yards have their work cut out for him, Uh, Getting the ball, you know, getting them off the field and getting the ball back is going to be pivotal in this game. I think turnovers are also going to be a big part of that. Matthew Stafford, when playing the 49ers, has turned over the ball pretty consistently. The 49ers have held onto the football pretty good uh, over the last couple meetings, but you need to make sure you win that turnover differential. Getting off the field on third down and winning the turnover battle are pivotal to the 49ers winning on the road at SoFi Stadium. Now, there's going to be a lot of red in the crowd. The 49ers faithful always travel so well down to L.A., but this is going to be a battle that the 49ers need to make sure they win. They need to make sure that their defense stays fresh, stays healthy, and doesn't allow the Rams to get anything going on the ground Uh, because, let's be honest, it is just spectacular what they do. And, And let's remember when we're talking about getting off the field, the Rams gave up no sacks at all. Matthew Stafford was barely touched in that game against Seattle. And I know Seattle doesn't have the pass rush that the San Francisco 49ers do. The 49ers had five sacks in the game, three coming from Drake Jackson, uh, one coming from the Avon Hargrave. That was an impressive sack as well. So uh, a lot of things happening positively for the 49ers, and they were getting after uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers in a big way. So five sacks is exactly what you want. But this is one of those things where how good is that Rams offensive line and how bad was Seattle's pass rush? I think we're going to find out in this game. I think it's probably the Rams offensive line is better than what people think. And Seattle's defensive line wasn't as good as what people think. Uh, but we're going to get a real test here. We'll find out who these Rams are very early in this game. And, and that's, that's one of the things I'm, I'm really excited to see. And I'm excited to go ahead right now and give the wow that's bold predictions. Wow, that's really bold! Whoa! 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 It's really bold, whoa! And the thing with Wow! That's Bold Predictions is, you know, you try to make predictions, and are they going to come true? You just never know. Uh, But when it came to the Wow! That's Bold Predictions, Uh, I was very on point last week. I said that Brock Purdy would throw for two touchdowns. He did, extending his streak. And I said the 49ers defense would create two turnovers. They did two interceptions for the 49ers secondary. So, yeah, I was feeling pretty good about my bold predictions last week. And now I've got, you know, a couple more. Let's see what happens uh, between the Rams and 49ers. But here's my bold predictions for this week. And they always got to be. You know, really bold. Whoa. Uh, Brock Purdy, not going to throw one touchdown or two touchdowns. He's going to throw three touchdowns through the air. I think Brock Purdy uh, gets it going against this Los Angeles Rams offense or defense. And I think there's going to be some opportunities for him to throw and complete some touchdown passes in the red zone. And he is so good and efficient in the red zone, the way he looks off defenders uh, and makes really good and timely throws. Uh, So I think Brock Purdy gets it done. Three touchdowns through the air, yeah. So I'm stepping it up. Not only does he get his normal two uh, that he has gotten in every start, you know, in the regular season that he's ever had, but I think he gets a third one. And I think he's going to mix it up. I think uh, we're going to see Kittle get a touchdown this week. I think Debo's going to get a touchdown this week. And I'm not going to say, but I, it, it's either Ayuk or Christian McCaffrey for the third one. I don't think any one of the receivers get more than one. But Brock Purdy mixes it up and they make some. Some big time touchdowns. I'd like to see how you get one through the air, so he has you know a third one, and maybe Christian McCaffrey gets some on the ground. That would that would be fun. Um, and then also here, this is where it gets really bold, and I'm hoping I'm right since I was right with everything last week. Colton McKivitz gives up zero sacks. The goose egg for Colton McKivitz. Calling it. I think Colton McKivitz matches up better with the edge guys uh, from the Rams, and I think he's going to be able to hold up out there. And we'll see. But I just think McKivitz is going to have a bounce-back game. I think this is a time where he can have success. Plus, I think with the 49ers having so much thought and putting so much effort into running the football this week, I think that's going to be a a lot of what happens. It'll take some of the pressure off the right side of the line and some of the pressure off the offensive line in general. Uh, So, yeah, Colt McKivitz zero sacks. And I, I wonder if anyone will back me up and think that that's a bold prediction for this week as well. Over on the defensive side of the ball, I had a couple predictions. I think the 49ers forced two turnovers. So last week I thought it was going to be two turnovers. I think it's going to be two again. Matthew Stafford will take chances. And I think if the 49ers get a lead, he's going to take even more chances trying to make things happen. And it seems like the 49ers have been able to get kind of get him riled in recent uh, matchups and get him to deliver footballs You know, to defenders. Even in, in games that the Rams have won, including that NFC Championship game. He was turning over the football and should have turned it over even more. Uh, we had some drop interceptions. So the way the 49ers secondary, Hufanga, Tayshawn Gibson, Charver- Charverius Ward have been getting interceptions, I look for it to happen again. I wouldn't be surprised to see Diameter Lenore join the party and get an interception in this game. So two turnovers for the 49ers defense. And then I think they're going to flip uh, you know, that ratio. It was almost 65% conversion on third down. I think the 49ers are going to hold the Rams under 35% on third down. I think there's going to be uh, more third and long situations than Matthew Stafford was used to against Seattle because I think the 49ers are going to stop the run at a better rate than Seattle Seahawks, and I think they're going to put pressure on Matthew Stafford with that uh, that pass rush. I think it's going to be more difficult. There's going to be less separation in the secondary than there was in Week 1 uh, for Apuka Nakua and Tutu Atwell. And I just don't think the Rams' offense is going to have as much success in the second half as they did in Seattle. 49ers had a shutout in the second half. Realistically, besides one drive, absolutely completely shut the Steelers down. Uh, Do I think the Rams are going to score in this game? Of course I do. Do I think they're going to move the ball? Of course I do. I just think when it comes down to it, the 49ers make the two turnovers, hold them under 35% and then get a really good offense going as Brock Purdy throwing three touchdowns and the 49ers you know, end up uh, doing what they want and accomplishing it. So uh, to me, I think this is a fun matchup for the 49ers, uh, and you're going to see it. We're going to see who wins these cool matchups between these different opponents, uh, but these are my wow, that's bold predictions. Now it's time for the game prediction. Who's going to win this matchup of the San Francisco 49ers versus the Los Angeles Rams? at SoFi Stadium. I think that when it comes down to everything that I have went through in film, uh, talking about the matchups, talking about the matchups to exploit on offense, the matchups you must win on defense, and then these key matchups in the game, and just my belief in this 49ers team, I think the 49ers are going to be successful and have a win in this game. I think the San Francisco 49ers score 30 again with Brock Purdy at the helm. So I got the 49ers winning this game 31-17. to uh, and I think it's a, it's going to be a good game. I wouldn't be surprised if it's 24-17 in the fourth quarter, and the 49ers put up another touchdown to go ahead and go up 31-17, but then that's what happens. The 49ers win this game and improve on the season 2-0, and and then next up, short week, New York football giants, and, of course, all the content. But join me on Sunday over on the PSF app. We need live streaming with Mark Adams, and we're going to give commentary, live commentary throughout. There's a tracker. You can go on there and just show all the stats, all the scores, everything of the game as it's happening. It's going to be a lot of fun. Join me over there. Like and subscribe to the channel. If you're listening on an audio platform, five-star rating, really appreciate everyone that's been doing that. You guys truly are the best. Uh, I'll, I'm going to have plenty more content coming your way, including a reaction show after the game. But until then, stay safe and remember the right way is always the 49ers way.